Hey, hey, kids. We're a couple of annoyed drunk boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons Podcast. We don't need another hero. We don't need to know the world. All we want is what we are. That's right. Where the podcast explores The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we know there are plenty of other podcasts out there that explored seasons 1 through 10, the golden age, if you will. But we want to know, is there gold in the other ages from seasons 11 and beyond? I am half an annoyed grunt boy, Steve, and I can't do this on my own. So with me, as always, is my co-host, the other half annoyed grunt boy, Craig. Hey, Craig, how's it going? Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year indeed. Steve, I hope you had a wonderful holiday break. I did. It was, uh, you know, a little different this year, but, you know, still nice. Yeah. And I want to say, Craig, what? that uh, last week, it was not only the holidays, but we reached a milestone. We made 100 episodes of this dumb thing that we do. Can't believe we accomplished something. I'm proud of us. And so for that, I got you a little something. And so if you could play clip one, please. Craig, this is Bill Oakley former head writer and showrunner of The Simpsons, and also the author of the much-memed Steamed Ham segment. Sounds like you may already know who I am uh, based on the fact that you do these Simpsons reviews with Steve. And Steve wants me to tell you, well, happy holidays, obviously, but he also wants me to tell you that it has been a total delight reviewing these Simpsons episodes with you. And he says that you've done 100 crappy episodes. I wouldn't probably say they're crappy, but he says that you guys have done 100 crappy reviews, and he looks forward to doing 100 more. So in any case... Happy holidays. It's delightful. I'm delighted that you were doing these reviews. It sounds like something I should check out. Um, and anyway, congratulations on your 100 episodes. That's awesome. Thank you, Steve. Um, of course. This isn't us doing a silly uh, voice. That actually is a writer extraordinaire, Bill Oakley himself. Uh, Steve got me a little cameo there. That's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, for those of you not aware, Cameo is an app where you can pay celebrities from all spectrums to uh, make a little video for you and send it to uh, friends and loved ones. So, yeah, you go on to Cameo.com and uh, you find someone to, to send a video and you, you write a little thing, like message for them to say and like convey your feelings to, to the person that you want to give that Cameo to. So that was really sweet of you, Steve. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it was sure. a big surprise. Bill Oakley is, we've talked about him on the podcast before and we're just huge Bill Oakley fans and most because uh, he lives here in Portland and uh, loves fast food as much as us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so it's funny that you did that <laughs> because uh, I too wanted to give you something Simpsons related as a gift on this podcast. I thought that'd be fun. Uh, like going to cameo.com and typing in like Simpsons writers or, or actors. It's kind of hard because like uh, Nancy Cartwright and uh, Yearly Smith, like they're there, but they're not available at this time. Mm -hmm. um, Dan's not on it. Uh, Julie Cavanier's not on it. Hank Azaria's not on it. Harry Shear definitely probably wouldn't be on it. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of hard. Like there's not a lot of like Simpsons people that are on it. Luckily though, um, there's a there's another actor, and I think it's going to segue oh. into this episode. Yeah, guest star from uh, the episode we're going to be reviewing. Um, I, I wrote uh, I wrote down some of my feelings about you for wow. this actor to uh, to express. So um, I sent you a clip. So if you could go ahead and uh, play clip two there. Um, Alrighty, this is very exciting. I can't wait yeah. to hear this. Hey, Steven. It's Mel. Oh, you're there. I just want you to know that your whole relationship with me, everything about you was an offense to me. It offended me and pissed me off. You offend me on every fucking level. You're not a fucking woman. You're a fucking fake. That's your M.O., isn't it, baby? That's your M.O. You fucked me up. You're a fucking sham. Everything about you stinks, and I'm seeing it real loud and clear. You don't know what the fuck it means to make a man happy. You are provocatively dressed all the time with your fake boobs you feel you have to show off in tight outfits and tight pants so that you see your pussy from behind. And that green thing today was enough. That's provocative. You need a fucking bat in the side of the head. You don't have any fucking friends except me. And you treat me like shit. So that's why I'm so fucking angry. Because I don't have any friends. You fucking offend me. And you don't care about anyone but yourself and your fucking stupid fucking failed career. And it's ruined us. I will never forgive you for what you've done to me. You fucking bitch. You should just fucking smile and blow me. Because I deserve it. And that's it. 
call me back. I think we should discuss the terms of separation. Don't you? Don't you think? Yes? Let's do it. You selfish bitch. All right. Fuck you. Do what you're good at. Whatever the fuck that is. Wow. Yeah, your feelings that uh, you wrote down to Bill were really nice, and uh, apparently mine were uh, not as nice. <laughs> I apologize. Eh, I mean, you didn't say anything that wasn't true. I, mean, I do wear tight pants. Uh, I don't so have many th- friends aside from you. Yeah, it tracks. So th- thanks, uh, Mel, for uh, for recording that for me and uh, for Steve. Yeah. Uh, going to be uh, happier than, than that. <laughs> hey, that's a great segue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, today we're talking about Season 11, Episode 1, Beyond Blunderdome. Uh, that episode came out on September 26, 1999. Hey, Craig, what was the uh, number one movie in the box office? Well, I'm pretty sure at that time it was uh, Alex Rebecca's favorite movie, Double Jeopardy. It's a woman is framed for her husband's murder, suspects he is still alive, and she has already been tried for the crime. She cannot be re-prosecuted, and she finds and kills him. Tommy Lee Jones, Ashley Judd, Bruce Greenwood... Bruce Campbell, oh. Annabeth Gish. She's one of the uh, Bartlett daughters. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I never saw it. Did you ever see? I get these movies like. Is... I get this one and the uh, U.S. Marshals confused. Oh, I get this in like Along Came in the Spider. That and, one like, too, yeah. Girls, because I think what's Asher Judd's in both, both those, I think. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman's in one of them. Or but both I think those them? are sequels. Yeah, Kiss the Girls and uh, High Crimes. Yeah, Along High Crimes. Spider? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so we're kind of going back to. 1999. Oh, yeah. This is the earliest episode of The Simpsons we could ever review. No episode earlier ever, ever. would be possible. Well, uh, what were we? Uh, we were in, we were seniors in high school, Steve. It's true. So what, was, what were we jamming to? Well, the number one song that we'd drive around to listen to would be the Billboard Hot 100 hit, Unpretty by TLC. At the Steve, were you a tender, loving care fan? I was a fan of the Learning Channel. Yeah, there you go. TLC. Too legit to... Clip? <laughs> Jesus. Steve, I feel I'm pretty all the time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, and so does uh, Left Die, because she burned down that house. Huh? She burned down at her ex-boyfriend's house. Oh. Then she died. I feel like a lot of people we're going to talk about in this episode are dead. I think you're right. Uh, speaking of this episode, what's it about? Homer becomes a powerful Hollywood uh, consultant and gives Mel Gibson advice on his forthcoming historical drama. That's a really crappy description. <laughs> it really is. Uh, Homer and uh, Mel Gibson remake Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I like that's, that better. Yeah, it's a lot shorter, too. <laughs> yep. Um, so, uh, hey, let's go take a break. But uh, again, thanks for the cameo from Bill Oakley. One of these days, uh, maybe we should actually talk to him on this podcast. That would be great. And uh, thank you for the uh, Mel Gibson cameo. Maybe we shouldn't talk to him. <laughs> In this break, uh, Steve is going to finally shut up and blow me, as requested by Mel Gibson. That's right. Here we go. And we're back. Today we're talking about Beyond Blunderdome, the first episode of the 11th season. So technically the earliest episode that we could ever possibly watch forever. Um, it originally aired on September 26, 1999. It is episode 227 in the show's run. Your nerd code is AABF23. It was written by Mike Scully and directed by Stephen Dean Moore. Mr. Scully. Mm-hmm. We hardly get episodes that he uh, penned. It's true. We do get some show ran shows from him but not too many written i think the only ones left that we're allowed to review are how i spent my strummer vacation the parents rap and behind the laughter hmm. he wrote one of my favorite episodes uh, lisa on ice uh, one of the best episodes easily top three i think yeah top five top three two dozen greyhounds marge be not proud which is another great episode my favorite christmas episode yep uh maybe my favorite's uh the Simpsons roasting on an open fire. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Just because it's a classic. Too bad we'll never review that because it's, you know, the first episode. Right. And not season 11 and beyond. Nope. Um, you know, so uh, Elise's arrival was his first. But uh, got a lot of uh, 
credits in his credit belt. <laughs> I want a credit belt. <laughs> Instead, you have one of those uh, coin belts. <laughs> that is the, you know, when you're going to the like old arcade. On, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I want one of those now. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I would keep a. I'd keep uh, instead of coins, it'd just be the chocolate gold can, or <laughs> the gold covered chocolate candy. So yeah, have snacks. <laughs> Although that's really crappy chocolate, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, I'd rather have Necco wafers in there. <laughs> I'd rather have pennies and suck on the copper. <laughs> At least there's some flavor there. <laughs> um, so some trivia: the episode's title is a reference to the movie Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, in which uh, certain Mel Gibson starred. That was a Tina Turner venture, wasn't it? Yeah, we don't need another hero. I love that one, I think. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, I guess we should talk about the uh, elephant in the room. Uh, Mel Gibson is a monster, and he's in this episode. Cool. Yeah, I don't I, want yeah. it to like stay in the episode. Yeah, We well, acknowledge that he's, you know, awful. You know, at this time, you know, he was still beloved by, by all. Yeah. You know, yells at his... Uh, ex-wife and then he yells at cops and uses slurs racist slurs and that was the end of his career until like three years after that then hollywood's like we forgive you mal yeah and now he's back still and but people are still kind of afraid of him as they should be yeah am i allowed to still watch old mel gibson movies i've heard that some people consume media from before the person was a monster and they're okay with that so i don't know i think you know because i love uh richard donner's uh uh, remake of Maverick, mm-hmm. and you know he's in that, of course, as uh, Brett Maverick. Yeah, I just think that movie's great, and Jodie Foster's in, and she's adorable in that movie, and they play so well together. Yeah, and you know what? She also she forgives Mel, their friend. So I figure if uh, she says it's okay, mm-hmm. and uh, James Garner, and he's dead, so what does it matter? Yeah, you can. I, I'll, I'll I'll allow you to watch it. It's fine. I watch Maverick at least once a year. Yeah, Doc Ock himself. Alfred Molina's in that movie. I love me some Alfred Molina. He's, he's a great the, guy. He's the bad guy. <laughs> Let's go talk about The Simpsons. <laughs> Alrighty. So we have a chalkboard gag that reads, Fridays are not pants optional. We're observing that right now. Yeah. I'm wearing a kilt. I'm wearing a thong. And I'm drunk. Me too. <sighs> and now we have a couch gag. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's The Simpsons. They run into the living room and they find uh, the Ullman era Simpsons already sit on the couch. And the family screaming and uh, run away in terror for. Uh, I love the couch gag. Has that been used before? I feel like it has been, but it's pretty classic. If it took them 11 years just to do that couch gag, shame on you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I, that's one of my favorite things in The Simpsons is the the reference to the Tracy Ullman animated uh, versions of the family. Love it. It's great. It's a lot of fun. It shows how, they, how far they've come and how far they still will go. Would you like to see how far I will come? <laughs> I'm guessing it's like two or three inches. <laughs> I don't know. I've never tested. Yeah, me neither. So our episode proper begins with a highway packed with cars. The air thick with smog. The camera pans over to show a playground as an announcer asks, is this the kind of air we want to leave for our children? The red-eyed children cough from all the air pollution and one child attempting to climb up a slide passes out. We pan out to see Homer on the couch watching the commercial on TV whilst enjoying some potato chips and a nice cool duff. The ad continues. Electricity, the fuel of the future. Test drive the Electorus today and get a free gift. <laughs> My children deserve to see me get a free gift. I'm proud of you, Dad. Buying an electric car will help clean the air up and protect the Earth's supply. You're faking this to get the gift, aren't you? But I like the nice things you said about me. Thinking of saying goodbye to gas? You betcha. Uh, Bart? Well, that shut me up. Hello. I uh, love your planet deeply, and I'm interested in purchasing one of your electronic autos. Well, it's always nice to meet people concerned about the environment. What kind of mint? Marge just farting. <laughs> We're off to the bases. <laughs> I mean, like, welcome to season season eleven, everyone. <laughs> yep, that's fun. Yeah, I mean, it, I it's it. it's silly. It is silly, and this is a very silly episode all around. Um, I like Lisa, um, the light reading of Yearly, where she stops mid-sentence and is right. like, you're just doing this for the prize, aren't you? No, that's great. And also, they're already talking about electric cars, and this is 99. Mm-hmm. I don't remember like electric cars, cars even being around at this time, like in our area. No. Probably only like LA and New York, maybe someone could get one. Yeah. Because even Prius... 
that was a few well that's like about five years after this maybe that yeah i remember started showing up like around 2006 or 2007 i worked at the world trade center not that one but the one in portland <laughs> yeah i'll never forget that but they had a uh, charging stations there so that was like six or seven years after this um well the a uh, little bit of trivia the electorus is a drivable vehicle in the simpsons road rage video game and in simpsons hit and run and it resembles the real life General Motors EV1. When are those cowards going to remaster Hit and Run and put it on the new consoles? We're long overdue. Yeah. They can do All it right. to Tony Hawk. They can do it to Hit and Run. Right. Well, speaking of Hit and Run, they hit the road for a test drive, Steve. Ooh. And Marge remarks that the uh, quiet engine makes conversation a lot easier. Homer responds that... Uh, that is like several other problems as well. Uh, he drives the car through the harbor and into the water. But Homer's not concerned because, you know, it's an electric car. That's right. And as they drive underwater, they pass by some fishes and dolphins and uh, electrocuting them to death. Then the car continues uh, doing the same to some scuba drive divers and mermaids. They drive to the shore and Homer comments that salt water seems to be good for the vehicle. <laughs> and then it sh uh, shorts out and sparks are flying everywhere. And I got to say, it's interesting that there's dolphins... Are those like freshwater dolphins? They're in the and, harbor. Right. And, and your concern is dolphins when there's clearly mermaids? Listen, I don't know where mermaids live. I don't know. <laughs> I just know that dolphins live by the ocean normally. <laughs> dolphins can live wherever they want, Steve. I don't want to deny them anything. All right. Well, Homer returns the electorist uh, to the dealership, disheveled from his wild ride, and he tells the dealer that the car does not meet his eco-concern, but he gets his prize, an envelope, and quickly drives off, leaving the uh, flaming wreckage of the electric car that is crying for help. One of her things is back at home, Marge, and uh, Homer in the bedroom, and they both make a realization. Hey, we never opened that envelope to see what our gift is. We didn't. That's on. Seems like we would have done that right after we left the car place. I know, but we didn't. Well, here it is, so we can open it and find out now. Perfect. Aw, movie tickets. It hardly seems worth destroying a car. There passes to a test screening of a new movie starring... <gasps> Mel Gibson! Who else is in it? Who cares? Mel Gibson! Mel Gibson is just a guy, Marge. No different than me or Lenny. Were you or Lenny ever named Sexiest Man Alive? Hmm, I'm not certain about Lenny. Besides, it's not just his chiseled good looks. People Magazine says he's a devoted father, goes to church every week, and likes to fix things around the home. Let's make love. Uh, okay. Uh, you're thinking about me, right? Of course, homie. Aren't you thinking about me? I will now. Who's he thinking of? Probably Lenny. Right. There's a couple other Lenny things coming up here later. Mm -hmm. So that opening there, the uh, trope of sitcoms, I think, they would do that like, here's your prize. And then the, they do like the exterior shot of like the house later that evening. Mm -hmm. So he's like, well, what is it? <laughs> like, uh, they've done this joke before in The Simpsons, right? I forget what, what it was. Yeah, but it is really funny. Like, hey, we should do that. Also, the way they're talking feels very much like early improv. <laughs> when when you are like trying to build the scene and you're you know the phrase yes and but you don't know much else so you're just like <laughs> yes and i am doing that too we are at the place that you said we are you're just more yesing and not ending and so. this has been steve's improv second dun, 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 dun. yes and no but the list of all the positive things that mel gibson does mm -hmm. he goes to church works True. around the house yeah has, has children yeah <laughs> Because he did say that uh, only God can decide how many children that you have. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's go to the uh, Aztec Theater, Steve, to watch this movie, okay? Okay. So there's a marquee that reads, test screening, no internet spies allowed. Wow. So two ushers push out uh, the comic book guy onto the street, and he wonders how they knew he was an internet spy, and the ushers throw out his desktop computer and mouse on the ground, Steve. How did he get all that in there? Yeah, where did he plug it in? <laughs> I'm very excited for this person. Inside the theater, a murmuring crowd is introduced to Edward Christensen, or Edward Christian, Assistant VP of Finance and Distribution at Polystar Pictures. The audience cheers, and Ned regrets uh, not bringing his camera. Uh, Mr. Christian has also brought some guests to the screening. Also with me tonight are the dynamic duo, William Milo and Robin Hanna, who greenlighted all of Shaquille O'Neal's movies, including Kazam! Oh. How's the popcorn, guys? Needs salt! <laughs> <laughs> hey Welcome to our 
test screening of Mel Gibson's directorial follow-up to Braveheart, a remake of the Jimmy Stewart classic, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Well, I shouldn't have passed on that. Now, after the film, I'll be handing out these cards for your opinion. We then take your cards to Hollywood, California. <gasps> and change the movie based on your suggestions. Any uh, questions? Yes, over here. Thank you. <clears throat> Hi. Will there be any flubber in this movie? <clears throat> Glavin. <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Ah, for crying out, Glavin. Is Mel Gibson here? No, sorry, but like all celebrities, he's in Hollywood attending benefits for various diseases. Steve, you have something to say about Edward Christian there? He's great. He uh, the the way he says, anywho. His uh, demeanor. Yeah, he's just pure joy. And we'll talk about him later. But uh, yeah, I also love how excited everybody is to see the assistant VP of finance and distribution from Polystar Pictures. And just so the idea that their cards are going to Hollywood. So this is the only appearance, of course, of him is uh, voiced by Jack Burns. Monty's son? Uh, I'll have you know, Jack Burns is an American comedian. He's still with us. He was uh, partnered with a... Except uh, for the fact that he died. Oh, this shit. year. Well, he, was he a... died January 27, 2020 at age 86 uh, due to respiratory failure. So that, and that was like right before we really knew what was going on with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on Andy Griffith's show. He partnered with uh, George Carlin. Yeah. Muppet Show. Hee Haw. Saturday Night Live with Howard Cosell. Wow. Uh, yeah. There you go. Um, R.A.P. Yeah. Oh, he was also uh, the voice of Sid the Squid in uh, Animaniacs. Oh, okay. There we go. Jack Burns. Yeah, uh, he plays such a fun character in this episode. Yeah. I think he's the star and not the Mel Gibson, in my opinion. I agree. I almost, um, when I was picking clips, I almost wanted to do a thing where we had this Mel Gibson episode and we never played Mel Gibson. <laughs> just played Edward. Just, yeah, but it was just too much work. And Cause there wanna... is, yeah, there is some good stuff that Mel Gibson does say, but of yeah. course, you know, that's the writers. That's Mr. Scully. Exactly. Mulder's uh, so... dad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the crowd cheers as the movie is about to start when suddenly a door in the back of the theater opens. Who is that dashing figure in sunglasses? Why, it's Mel Gibson. He goes over to William Milo and Robin Hanna to ask if the audience enjoyed the film. And after the duo ex- explain that uh, the movie hasn't even started yet, he explains that he got to the theater from Hollywood so quickly by taking a ride on uh, John Travolta's plane. And now he's going to have to help the Look Who's Talking Star move over the weekend. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Boo. 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 <laughs> Uh, so the movie execs tell Mr. Gibson that uh, he has nothing to worry about and the screening is going to be fine. But Mel was a little concerned that his new film is a mistake because he just talks for two hours. He doesn't shoot anything. Uh, William and Milo think the flick is fabulous and they know Hollywood. So they discuss how the fabulous uh, the director's cut of Booty Call is, um, even though the original was pretty fabulous. They love the word fabulous. Do you think Booty Call was fabulous? Mm, I don't remember. Steve, I have a confession. I never saw Booty Call. Me neither. I have There's a lot of classic films that we haven't seen. Go ahead. And guess what? But. Never saw Mr. Smith Goes in Washington with James Stewart either. I skimmed a Wikipedia article. Uh, he becomes a senator and he wants to build a camp for boys. Um, but his like mentor wants to build a more lucrative thing. And so he just goes to court or goes to the Senate and filibusters for two hours. So on screen, Mel Gibson is on the Senate floor giving an impassioned of the Christ speech about loving thy neighbor. Homer declares the movie to be boring, but Marge speaks about the character's passion for government. Homer retorts that the Jimmy Stewart version had a giant rabbit who ran the savings and loan. A, re- <laughs> <laughs> a reference to two other Jimmy Stewart films, Harvey and It's a Wonderful Life, both of which I have not seen. Exactly same here but we know the references because the yeah exactly uh well, i saw uh, donnie darko didn't they have a rabbit is it the same movie it's basically i mean they're both imaginary rabbits or something yeah my brother was in a stage production of harvey it was probably the same level of greatness. sure yeah <laughs> hey so the screening is done so the people of springfield are praising what they just saw and everyone loves it well except uh that big fat oaf known as homer who found it to be a stinker yeah what a jerk anyways uh marge uh, liked uh, that people solve their problems with words instead of bullets and chasing and uh, homer tells marge that she uh she only liked it because her boyfriend mel was in it she would have hated it if he and lenny were in it i like that she he says they would have hated it if he and lenny were mr smith oh like, yeah, yeah he or lenny just he and lenny <laughs> sharing the part yeah so the uh the maverick himself is looking to make a quiet exit so he decides to uh take a piss outside by the dumpster sure 
Unfortunately, uh, when he opens the door, an alarm sounds as uh, Chief Wiggum tells the crowd, hey, everyone, rush towards the actor. And in the background, you see posters for Space Mutants 12 and McBain 6. The right, you have the right to remain dead. So that's fun. Yay. So uh, Mel confronts the crowd by saying, hey, everybody. To which Dr. Dick replies, hi, Mr. Gibson. I like that because there was like a pause and no one was... <laughs> Yeah, anything. <laughs> like uh, I guess it's my turn. I forgot about that line because, like, oh come on, Doctor Nick needs to be there, and he and he was. Uh, the actor thanks the crowd and tells them to be completely truthful on their comment cards. Honesty is the foundation of the movie business, after all. Most wounds and Marge asks if uh, Mister Gibson will be personally reading the cards. He then kisses Marge's hand and tells her that he'll definitely be reading hers personally. Then gives her a sexy growl. The crowd laughs, and a horny lady next to Marge fans himself. Uh, but Homer is fed up he angrily faces the beaver star and as they fly back to hollywood mel and the execs review the comic cards that's it i'm telling mr stupidest man alive what i really thought of his movie hey gibson uh yes sir got a pencil there you go thanks waste my time in front of it stupid appreciate it the movie tested through the roof now the sea captain gave it four r's bumblebee man says movie bueno and we were worried about the Latino market, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Worry. Come on, they can't all have loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it despite absence of flubber. Glavin? Oh, here we go. Your movie was more boring than church. All you did was yak, yak, yak. You didn't even shoot anybody. Damn, I knew it. Uh, don't do this to yourself, Mel. The guy's obviously a nut. Maybe. Maybe he's the only person with the guts to tell me the truth. Turn the plane around. I want to go to 742 Evergreen Terrace. But you promised to help me move. Oh, jeez. I uh, like a lot in that clip. Um, to start it, I really liked Homer's, like, politeness while he's being rude to Mel yeah, Gibson. Rude. And, yeah, Edward, uh, <laughs> that running line of, right? Huh? Right? Yeah. Huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that they're referencing people in The Simpsons as if they know them. <laughs> like, like uh, 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 Sea Captain gave it. Yeah. I do like the, the line read of, uh, no, Flubber? Flavin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Steve. Good stuff. Yes. Um, so uh, our second act begins at uh, 742 Evergreen Terrace as a uh, jet rumbles through the house and shakes Maggie to her core. Unfazed, Homer calmly says, doorbell, Marge. Uh, the dotting wife opens the door to see <gasps> Mel Gibson. And he's looking for Homer. And Homer is eager to face Mr. Gibson as well. The bard is encouraging Homer, but that's just because he wants to see his dad get beat up by the star of Lethal Weapon 1 through 4. Oh, yeah. Was there a five? I feel like there should be, but no. I don't I think so. Well, I know Maybe. it's always sunny in Philadelphia did that parody thing like Lethal Weapon 5. Yeah, that was funny. Uh, remember it's always sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, coming back for like its 30th season. Yeah, it's great. Um, hey, we have a clip. Listen, Captain, I'm tired of Hollywood pretty boys like you and Jack Valenny thinking you can have any woman you want. You see this? It symbolizes that she's my property and I own her. Mr. Simpson, I need your help. Duh. I think you're right about my movie, and I want you to help me make it better. Really? You want my help? Marge, did you hear that? Mel Gibson wants my help! Mel Gibson! But, Dad, I thought you hated me. Shut up. Homer doesn't know anything about making movies. Don't sell your husband short, Mrs. Simpson. She's always doing that, Mel. <laughs> Homer is a brutally honest man, completely tactless and insensitive. <laughs> Guilty as charged. The problem I have is people love me so much they never criticize me. I speed all the time, but cops never give me a ticket. If I don't pay my taxes, the IRS pays them for me. Oh, you poor thing. It's hell being Mel. <laughs> so that uh, clip there, Mel, he really probably believes that in real life. And that's why uh, many of the audio clips you can hear, he says horrible, horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the line with uh, you and Jack Valenti thinking <laughs> you have any woman you want. Steve, Jack Valenti... Mm -hmm. like, American. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, American political advisor and lobbyist who served as a special assistant to U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson. He was also the longtime president of the Motion Picture Association of America. Born September 5th, 1921. Death April 26, 2007. Children he, Courtney Valenti, Alexandra Valenti. He also uh, was referenced a lot on the uh, Warner Brothers cartoon Freakazoid. You love that Freakazoid? I do, I do. That's getting rebooted, right? Probably. All right. We're rebooted, right? This is our reboot? I Technically, yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounds the same. <laughs> this show sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Bill Oakley said so. He called it crappy. Yeah, jerk. You, <laughs> you gave him a Big Mac just to say that, didn't you? Yep. 
He said, I can't afford your cameo, so can I just send you a, a Big Mac? I, I mailed it to him. Like I, I could have just drove it over, but yeah. it took two weeks. <laughs> and oddly, like it tastes the same because it's a Big Mac. And yeah, those exactly. things don't expire, apparently. <laughs> Have you seen that? There's like people that have done like studies, like taking like a, a just like a cheeseburger and put it like on a plate, not disturbing it, mm-hmm. and like it never molds. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Yeah, <laughs> but damn, are they good? They are good. So yeah, it's funny because you know Mel Gibson making a bad movie and then not being well liked anymore. It happens. Yeah, because he said I, I speed all the time, but cops never gave me a ticket. But uh, the episode, of course, was seven years before uh, Gibson did get that speeding ticket in a DUI. Yep. So Simpsons predicted it, yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> John Travolta, sitting in his Cessna jet on the street, honks his uh, airplane horn impatiently as Mel asks Homer to come to Hollywood with him. Homer replies, you had me at hello, despite the fact that Mel never said hello, and that's not his movie. Uh, they fly off and Marge exclaims, Hollywood, here we come. And the plane lands at the George Kennedy Airport. Uh, Marge explains that Hollywood, here we are. At uh, least it tells her mother to stop doing that. And they head to Polystar Pictures, which has a sign that reads, no artistic integrity beyond this point. And Homer's impressed that Mel has a minivan and asked if it's a Toyota Previa. Mr. Ooh. Gibson explains that it's uh, an equally impressive Dodge Caravan. I really like the uh, the George Kennedy Airport's not real, but uh, it's a parody of the JFK in New York. And George Kennedy is a famous actor. Yeah. Did he George, sold breath mints. Did George Kennedy, he recently died, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, he died in uh, 2016. Hmm. The stars of Naked Gun. The only one that remains is uh, everyone's favorite uh, footballer. Renthal James. Yeah, everyone's favorite Simpson. That's right. Uh, yeah, everyone else in that movie is dead. There is a god. Although Priscilla Bresley's still alive. Oh, okay. Everyone else after that, they're all gone, I'm assuming. Yeah. Leslie anyway. Bibb, he died. I mean, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Mann. <laughs> Leslie Mann. <laughs> As they drive through the lot, Marge points out that there is a movie being filmed nearby. Robert Downey Jr. is shooting it out with the police. But uh, Bart notices that there aren't any cameras. While Homer and Mel get to work on the film, Marge and and, uh, the family are going to explore the city. And Homer recommends a uh, restaurant where all the stars eat at called Planet Hollywood. Bart wants to stay with Homer, but the father explains that there's a lot of work to do. That's Mel's movie really stinks. I like how um, at this time, <laughs> making a Robert Downey Jr. joke because he was going through drug problems. And, mm-hmm. you know, Hollywood essentially just uh, wrote him off. And, yeah. uh, 20 years later, look at him now. He's like the most demanded actor, uh, you know, makes like a billion dollars a movie. Mm-hmm. Easily could have just stayed with those Marvel movies, and we've got billions and billions of dollars. But you know, you gotta you gotta move on from those stories, right? Yeah, somebody needed another Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah, or a remake of Doctor Doolittle for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Which you got millions for those, but uh, we just want you as Tony Stark, man. <laughs> yeah. You even notice that John Favreau just give him something that's like on his last legs or just like not interesting anymore, and uh, revitalize something. Like if you didn't have John Favreau, you know bringing robert downey jr and his iron man just that little yeah like the studio no one wanted robert and they're like fine do it and you know if it wasn't for john favreau you wouldn't have the mcu and then all of a sudden like star wars like those sequel movies came out and everyone's like yeah this now star wars is done then like he's like fuck you watch this here's mandalorian and now like star wars fans are like all right this is the best and like there's like building up the star wars universe into like its own like new mcu with like we don't need your fucking han solos and darth vader's and luke skywalker's we got our own fucking like franchise that you're gonna like better than those pieces of shit that george lucas created all yeah. i'm saying is uh john favreau i wish he would uh i wish he would make this podcast better <laughs> Get rid of us and just get. <laughs> you would get fucking Baby Yoda. <laughs> yeah. Rogu and Robert Downey Jr. talk about the Simpsons. It would be the number most like downloaded podcast ever. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I consider the most beloved modern Christmas movie with Elf. Oh yeah, I I always forget that that Sam, but yeah. I mean, you think like I think like Christmas Vacation was the last like good Christmas movie like you'd watch. Mm-hmm. Everything else like after that is like yeah like Jingle all the way like Jingle fuck you yeah. Uh, uh, do you consider Hook a Christmas movie because it does take place during Christmas time? I guess, but I but don't. it's not really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Batman Returns. <laughs> That's a Christmas movie. Yeah, Home Alone people. Okay, but what came first, Home Alone or Christmas Vacation? Oh, it was a uh, Home Alone. Okay, so maybe Home Alone was the last mom. It was 1990. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't think it was until like Elf, really, right? Yeah. 
Is there, there hasn't been one that's uh well maybe that Kentucky Fried Wait, that's not that one. Uh, I'm gonna say the Colonel. That was not a Christmas movie. Um, Sharktopus goes to the North Pole. Was that a thing? I don't know. Yeah. Um, Christmas was like a week ago, Steve. Let's get off of that. Yeah. Well, I've got a blunder for you. All right. Cool. So when Homer is talking to Bart outside of the cutting room, he places his hand on Bart's right shoulder. However, when Homer removes his hand, his fingers are still on Bart's shoulder. Oh no! His yeah. fingers fell off. Ah! Four finger discount, man. <laughs> now they won't go fing. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. All right, Steve. Uh, hey, we got a clip. Okay. Okay, this opening scene should be in fast motion. Everybody likes that because it looks funny. I don't think so. Okay, here you need a musical montage where you try on lots of funny hats. It'll let us see your playful side. No. Yeah, but just no. Uh, for those of you who've always wanted to see the famous Brown Derby restaurant, Ooh. that's where it used to be. And on your left is the notorious spot where Hugh Grant Ew. filmed the movie Nine Months. Yeah. You want me to replace the villain with a dog? I mean, nobody will know what's going on. They will if you set up that the dog is evil. All you have to do is show him doing this. And people will suspect the dog. I think they're signed up something. I think you're right. I love uh, Marge's disgust for uh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> he's another one that like, yep. they're like, oh, he's done. But, you know, The Undoing was a very popular series that was on HBO recently. HBO Max, I guess. And he yeah, was very with, good uh, in it. I didn't watch it. So uh, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I, well, I, I've already listened to a podcast and they spoil it. Like it's like he's the killer, right? No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but it's like obvious too. Like yeah, yeah. When you watch it, you like they try and make you think like it wasn't him because <laughs> it would be too obvious. So you but, think that it was Nicole Kidman, but well, Kevin Smith spoiled it for me. So yeah, blame him, everyone. Yeah. Plus, it's been out for like a month now. So oh, that's fine. Um, I'm actually watching uh, the flight attendant with uh, with the uh, Harley Quinn herself. Yeah. yeah. How is that? Uh, we enjoy it. OK, I've been curious about it. Uh, hey, there's a blunder here, Steve. Uh Oh, yeah. The Hollywood tour guide mentions that the filming location of nine months starting Hugh Grant, but it was actually shot in a location in San Francisco. Oh, boy. Uh, I really hope someone got fired for that blunder. Mm -hmm. Well, back in the uh, cutting room floor or in the cutting room, uh, Mel is beginning to think that it was a bad idea to bring Homer to Hollywood. He apologizes to Homer and offers bus fare home. But uh, Homer points out that... Uh, what he thinks is the worst part of the film, the filibuster scene. But Mel argues that that was Jimmy Stewart's favorite scene. Homer said that it was fine for the 30s, as the country was doing great back then. Because uh, the movie was also in 1939. Um, and everyone was into talking. But now, in whatever year this is, the audience wants action and seats with beverage holders, but mostly action. Homer feels that the scene is the most boring piece of trash he's ever seen. So Mel agrees to reshoot the ending. Uh, so the rest of the family continues to see the sights and using a map of stars to find the dog from Frasier, Eddie, and uh, where Elda DeGeneres and uh, at that time Anne Heche lived. Uh, the two are seen swinging on the patio, probably saying, we're lesbians. Back at the studio, Homer and Mel have reshot the final scene and are ready to show it to the film's executives. Uh, Mel, Mel's a little nervous, though, but uh, Homer is confident in their art. Okay, uh, this new ending that we shot last night is a little different than what we had, but I think you'll like it. It's missing some sound effects, and the computer guys haven't added the twinkle in my eye. Well, you're coming off desperate. Roll it, Louie! Here comes two... I, anytime that I would watch a movie in a theater, which seems like so long ago, I always think about that line. When I would do, show the countdown and like, here it comes two. But they never show countdowns in the theaters, do they? It's been a long time since I've been to a movie theater. <laughs> you were, I don't remember anymore. Went to the nickel theaters. Yep. <laughs> See the talkies. The, yeah, the little talkies. The war is still raging. The Kaiser is taking over <laughs> the newspaper. And then you're like, mm, Kaiser. Mm, he's on Kaiser. a roll. Yeah. What's that scene like, Steve, in the that's going on in the Simpsons? So the scene begins again <laughs> in the hallowed halls of the DC Senate. Uh, Mel's character, Mr. Washington, is filibustering and then passes out. The other politicians murmur as Senator Payne comments that the other senator has yielded the floor, causing the room to laugh. Mel wakes up and says, Yield this, Senator Payne, and then hurls an American flag. <laughs> Through his opponent, causing him to fall, and the flag to wave triumphantly. 
Um, Mel continues by grabbing the ties of two men and slamming them onto the desk, then lifting the top of the desk and repeating, repeatedly hitting the senator's heads. And he moves to impose some serious term limits. Uh, Homer, dressed as a member of the press, because you could tell because he has a little press in his, his uh, fedora, uh, seconds that motion with vengeance and throws a Tommy gun down to Mel Gibson. The uh, daddy's home two star catches the firearm while he and Homer uh, share a wink and a finger gun. And in the screaming room, in the screening room, uh, Homer and Mel uh, do the same wink and finger gun. On screen, the action continues as Mel backflips onto a table and says, all in favor, say die. <laughs> he then does a curly impression like, nya, 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 and then shoots his gun wildly doing the three stooges walking on the floor in a circle thing that Homer did that one time. Um, so Mel Gibson's character does the curly Howard's famous whoop, 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 whoop. Um, Mel Gibson apparently is a huge fan of the three stooges and even directed a biopic of them. Wow. Yeah. A Southern politician uh, bangs his gavel for order, calling Mr. Smith's actions highly unorthodox. Mel, uh, Mel throws a fire extinguisher at the senator, who hits it with his gavel, causing a massive explosion. A man with a top hat and a monocle busts in and states that he's the president's, president of the United States and demands to know what's going on. <laughs> so Mel is uh, his, got his suit is all torn up and shirt open, grabs the Senate seal off the burning wall and throws it at the president of the United States. <laughs> Slicing his head clean off. The decapitated head rolls to Mel's feet and he kicks kicks it to his hands and grabs it by the hair saying, happy birthday, Mr. President. Just then, several boys run in cheering and pick up Mr. Smith and carry him out of the room while he's still holding the president's decapitated head. Mel takes out his U.S. Senate badge and uh, flips it to the dead hand of Senator Payne. Payne grips the badge and as the hand open again and the hand opens again, the badge reads the end. The studio heads then react to what they just saw. Pretty cool, huh? You, uh, you chopped off the president's head. But you didn't see that coming. You impaled a United States senator with the American flag. Why did Mr. Smith kill everybody? It was symbolism. He was mad. But this was going to be the studio's prestige picture, like Howard's End or Sophie's Choice. Ugh, those movies suck. I only saw them to get Marge into the sack. P.S. Mission accomplished. But we've already bought five Golden Globe Awards. I don't make movies to win awards, especially now that I have two Oscars. I make movies for guys like him. Yeah, guys like me. Who are you, anyway? Do the words executive producer mean anything to you? Executive producer? We'll talk. You've desecrated a classic film. This is worse than Godfather 3. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Let's not say things we can't take back. So many good things in that scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the animation, just the reaction of uh, of the studio execs face of like what they just saw. <laughs> like literally like, killing the president of the United States. Oh, the tropes that they're parodying. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I just want to watch that clip again. That, that whole scene just of the reshoot, it's, it's, it's so good. It's so ridiculous, the action in it. <laughs> I can't tell you anything else about uh, how much I like that scene. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, Edward Christian tells him that the film will never see the light of day. And he goes to burn the uh, celluloid when uh, Mel thinks fast and says that a Range Rover is getting towed away. This distracts the movie, folks. And with a yoink, Mel grabs the film reel and he and Homer are off to show the movie. You've got to get that film back or we'll all be fired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Fired. Steve's favorite joke again. It's almost my favorite joke. <laughs> I'll let you know when you get our, to my favorite joke. Okay. Uh, so the third act begins, and Homer and Mel are jumping on a golf cart and heading out to the studio, and Edward and his team chase after them, where they drive by the set of Rainy Wolf Castle's latest film, Saving Irene Ryan, <laughs> uh, which shows uh, the McBain star Karen, the grandmother of the Beverly Hillbillies through the uh, war zone, and she re repeatedly kicks him in the groin. Steve, uh, I want to say this is a blunder, but maybe not. This was an episode in 1999. Irene Ryan died in 1973, Steve. So, uh, oh wow, here? maybe it was the who played her in the uh, the movie. Oh, that's a good question. Diedrich Bader was that? Yeah, Jim Varney, uh, Beverly D'Angelo. There you go. No, that's a hot granny. <laughs> <laughs> now, why does Chevy Chase always fantasize about that other woman? You're right. Uh, what was that? A uh, Kathy uh, or a uh, uh, Christy Brinkley, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because we're biased because we're a Simpsons podcast and she's a uh, Lauren Lapkus. <laughs> <laughs> Lumpkin. <laughs> she's Lauren Lapkus. Yeah, she's Lauren Lapkus. Oh, <laughs> um, so it was uh, Cloris Leachman was grandma. So that's actually good casting. Yeah, it is. It's really good. She's still with us, though. 
As they avoid soldiers and tanks, Mel points out that there's a landmine that uh, Homer is heading towards. And Homer states that he's on it and then drives over it, causing the car to <laughs> soar into the air, out of the studio lot, and through the billboard advertising the film, she's having a baby again. Why is there a live mine on the films? <laughs> I don't know. Seems very dangerous. Maybe it's just like uh, not a real mine. You know, it's what they use in like little springboards when you step on it and go boing, boing, boing. Yeah, maybe. So the uh, two men crash to the ground and Mel offers that his age may prevent him from similar adventures. Oh, I'm getting too old for this crap. How old are you anyway? Well, I've been told I can play anywhere from 28 to... Sorry I asked. Oh, crap, here they come. Well, that's it, Homer. We should have known better than to match wits with studio executives. Hey, come on, turn that down under frown upside down. We're not finished yet. Hey, I, it was not a blunder, but maybe it is. Uh, you know, he does the famous line, I'm getting too old for this. Well, shit. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Danny Glover's line in Lethal Weapon, not Mel Gibson's. Yeah. Really just hope Mike Scully got five for that blunder. I mean, I think he did eventually. Similarly, speaking that we're just coming out of the holiday season. It's um, the holiday season. And speaking of Home Alone. Whoop-dee-doo. Uh, when... Dog. <laughs> Don't forget to suck this cock. <laughs> She'll be coming around. <laughs> when uh, actor John Hurd, who plays the dad in Home Alone, mm. would meet people, he would do he would yell Kevin like Catherine O'Hara does just because <laughs> he wanted people to recognize him. It'd be like uh, Bill Murray. When you meet him, he'd be like, I'm just a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he seems That's like so a funny. sad man. Did he just die? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Everyone's dying on this podcast. <laughs> it's true. Except for us. <laughs> oh, except for me. So Homer points to the Hollywood Auto Museum, where inside we see uh, the Monster Mobile, the Monkey Mobile, and the Batmobile, where Burt Ward and Adam West are acting as dummies. Marge and the kids happen to be there sightseeing, and Bart points out how good the dummies look. And Adam West thinks it's uh, all the plastic surgery. But uh, Burt Ward uh, shushes him, and it's the uh, dynamic duo partner, saying that uh, Mr. Lamato will have will fire them if he doesn't stop bothering their customers. Uh, Homer runs into his family, but when Marge asks uh, what he's doing, he replies, no time talk, needs still car, must save powerful but controversial movie. Uh, he then uh, sees the movie execs and look around to explore his options. There's the uh, Flintstones mobile, Herbie the Love Bug, the Dukes of Hazards General Lee, and finally, Homer's pick, the Road Warrior Car, complete with his own uh, Mad Max dummy. You know what I think they could have put in there as a What's... sight joke? Hmm. They should have put uh, Homer Simpson's car from uh, <laughs> when he designed the his own oh, car. Oh, yeah. Just as like a sight gag, like just like pan like really quick just to see that. And like if you had like VCR at the time, you could pause. That would have been a lot of fun. Homer's, yeah. Yeah. Or even just the Simpsons car would be kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that. But uh, anyways, uh, Homer tells Mel to get it. Uh, but Mr. Gibson just wants to give up their stupid movie. But Homer offers an impassioned speech worthy of Mr. Smith himself. Movies aren't stupid. They fill us with romance and hatred and revenge fantasies. Lethal Weapon showed us that suicide is funny. That really wasn't my intention. Before Lethal Weapon 2, I never thought there could be a bomb in my toilet. But now I check every time. It's true, he does. Movies mean that much to you, Homer? They're my only escape from the drudgery of work and family. No offense. Oh, what the heck. Let's hit the road. Steve, do you feel the same way about movies as Homer does? <laughs> no, of course not. How you feel about TV? Yeah. So Mel pushes his stuffed counterpart aside, and he and, and the family drive the Road Warrior car through the window of the auto museum, much to the dis disgust of Adam West. Once again, Burt Ward tells him to shut up. So the execs continue to chase Mel and uh, Homer down Hollywood and Vine, and Mel swerves through the traffic, and they pass by the uh, legendary Man's Chinese Theater next to it, the less impressive Chinese Man's Theater. <laughs> The movie people are gaining on them, and Mel has uh, an idea to uh, throw the dummy at them, which uh, then flies off the car and is repeatedly ran over. Mom, you gotta take my picture in this car so I can show Milhouse. I'm oh, sorry, honey. I used up the last roll on that man. I thought it was Judge Judy. Well, I think we lost him. Oh, wait. There they are. Let me try something. Take the wheel, Lisa. But my dad... I said you. We've got him now. Oh no! We killed Mel Gibson! You all saw it. He came at me with a knife, right? 
Wait a minute. He's just a dummy! I know, but he sells tickets. Let's go. The way that he paused. Yeah, that long pause. For the laugh. No one laughed. Huh. I did. Oh, you know, you did. Yeah. You're a big Jack Ryan fan. I guess I am. I'm going to go watch some Muppets and some Yeehaw. Probably some more Muppets than Yeehaw, actually. <laughs> I said Jack Ryan. I also Jack... like military yeah. things. Jack Burns. Yeah. It's probably because I have Irene Ryan on my mind. Don't we all? Dad! I don't know. Was that her catchphrase? I never watched Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oil! California different than South. Anyways, uh, Homer is in front of Mel's uh, plan, and he says it's his turn. So he hits the emergency brake and announces that he's tired of running away. Did Braveheart run away, Steve? Did Payback run away? No, it's time to show those suits what he's made of. So uh, Edward and his gang turn the corner, and they see Mel and Homer with their pants down their ankles, mooning them. And Robin says that one of the left is Mel Gibson, but she doesn't know who the other two guys are. Because Homer's fat. Yeah. Mel asks Homer to explain the rest of the plan. But Homer responds that it's his plan from Braveheart. His army moved the, mooned the enemy until they could take no more and surrendered. But uh, Mel points out that the uh, enemy didn't surrender and that it ended with a horribly bloody battle. Homer admits that he didn't see the movie, but uh, on the poster... Hey, uh, I, I've never seen Braveheart. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Which is weird because it's like a more contemporary film. I really would have thought that you would have seen it. It seems like a movie that you'd like. Nah. Yeah, that's fine. I bet you my dad saw it and liked it. I, I know it's historically inaccurate. And so oh, I'll give you this. Another historically inaccurate film that uh, Mel Gibson stars in that I love is actually The Patriot. Okay. I've, I've seen that. Cool. There's that cool scene where uh, someone like a cannon is shot and just looks like a, a ball rolling on the ground, but then just takes up some dude's leg. That's The Patriot, right? Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> and uh, Heath Ledger's in it and he dies. Spoilers. Oh, no. And the worst part of that movie is Jason Isaacs is the bad guy, the British guy. He fucking like locks a town in like a church and burns it down. Oh, God. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> the British weren't uh, that evil. They're like, lock up the women and children in this town and burn and burn this church. That never happened. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that like if you were to look at it from like a more neutral standpoint than America, uh, not a political podcast. Uh, but, you know, we're like religious nuts that left. <laughs> And then just claim this land to be ours just because. Yeah. So I don't it, know. it's it's because uh, Europe was starting to become more accepting to other religions. Mm -hmm. Whereas the people on the Mayflower were like, no, screw that. We're Puritans. Let's only create this Puritan society over in the new world because we're not accepted over here. Yeah. We don't want to accept others. So it gets to like in this country where everything is going right now. And I understand things. <laughs> yeah. We're not an accepting country. <laughs> And not a political podcast. That's right. Back to the Simpsons. Uh, so just then, the exec's car comes speeding towards them. Mill jumps to safety, but Homer is rammed squarely in the ass and is hurled back. The vehicle wedged in between his ample behind. Uh, Mel asks if he's okay, and at first he says he thinks so. But then as he takes a step and the car drags behind him, he says no. Back in Springfield, the uh, Aztec Theater is showing Mr. Smith goes to Washington, a Gibson-Simpson joint. All in favor, say die. Ooh, that digital sound really lets you hear the blood splatter. I don't get it, Mel. How can you be so calm and cool? My stomach's full of vomiting butterflies. Okay, that's it. Mm -hmm. Let's get ready to meet our public. Oh, well, that was disgusting. Worst ending ever. I think I'm going to be sick. I'm Jimmy Stewart's granddaughter, and you'll be hearing from my attorney. Ow. Oh, we should have put in the dog with the shifty eyes. Oh, I'm sorry I ruined your career, Mel. It's not your fault, Homer. I guess there's just no room in today's crazy, gentle America for violent dinosaurs like us. How did the country lose its way, Mel? When did we stop rooting for the man with the flamethrower or an acid-spraying gun of some kind? I blame the Internet and the return of swing music. Well, whatever it is, we gotta get rolling on our next picture. Hey! What about a prequel to something? Everybody loves prequels. I don't. <sighs> okay, Mr. Difficult. How about a teen sex romp where you and your buddies are always trying to get some? No, wait. A ghost who wins the lottery. You could be the ghost or the lottery commissioner. Oh, what about Indiana Jones? Does anyone own the rights to that? <gasps> hey, Mel! I fell out! 
hey, Homer, your company, Disney, owns the rights to Indiana Jones. You can make an Indiana Jones movie. That's right. And uh, <laughs> I love that the choices are like, you can be the guy who wins the lottery or the lottery commissioner. <laughs> uh, that's the uh, episode. So we pan out on a dog with shifty eyes, truly the enemy all along. And that's the episode. All righty, Craig. Well, should we uh, take a break and then uh, talk about absolutely? Beyond? Wait, so they're two different shows. <laughs> we'll be right back. And we're back. Craig, let's uh, finish up our discussion of Beyond Lunderdome, find out our favorite quotes, our MVJ, what we want on a t-shirt or two, and uh, find out what we're watching next week. Sounds like a plan. Alrighty. So for visual things, I have one that's very obvious, but I think it's the right choice. Let me I guess. Will... You want shifty dog eyes. You got it. Yeah, I think that's the obvious great choice because it's great on a shirt. It's great on a, a tattoo. I'm too lazy to look it up, but I bet there's a, already a shifty dog eye t-shirt out there. You can probably buy on Public. That's not our site. That would make sense. But if not, maybe we should. Now we'll think about it. So I have actually a couple here that I wouldn't mind for a t-shirt. Okay. Um, when I was at the beginning, the two Lenny lines when Homer says, uh, you know, he, uh, he was uh, people's sexy. Mel Gibson was on people's sexiest man. Mm-hmm. Um, March says, uh, were, you, were you and Lenny ever on the cover of people's sexiest man alive? And Homer's like, well, not me, but I'm not sure. Or he's like, I'm not sure about Lenny. What I'm trying to get at is uh, I would like a, a people magazine with Lenny on it as saying <laughs> sexiest man alive. I like that a lot. The other one is a uh, McBain movie poster saving Irene Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be a fun, but uh, you can almost deck it out as actually Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Irene Ryan, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's like as a movie poster, I think it'd be kind of a fun visual gag. But uh, I think you're right. I think it has to be Shifty Dog Eyes. Or you could always have the electrocuted mermaids. Yeah, you could. But, but I'm I not won't. going to. I'm, I'm, you got to go with Shifty Dog Eyes. It's too yeah. classic. Or, you know, it's another good one is, I don't know what this is saying, but I'm not condoning this, but uh, the fictional president in <laughs> Mr. Smith Goes to Washington <laughs> to Captain Head or the senator with the flag. Yeah. It, it, it just says all in favor say die. Or how about that? She's having a baby again. <laughs> Anything from the scene from uh, the, the remake or the ending of Mr. Smith. What about Mel Gibson and uh, Homer Mooney? That's an option. There's actually one of those where there's like so many visual gags from this episode. They're like, get them all on T-shirts. Get them all on tattoos. Yeah. Get them all on flip books. Get them all on pillows. Get them all on whatever. <laughs> flip books. Flip books. <laughs> I have no idea. How about uh, quotes? Scenes? Well, hands down, my favorite character, my MBJ, is Edward Christian. Yeah, I'm going uh, with that, too. He's hilarious. I love the running. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, <laughs> that joke and just the... I, I don't want to say acting, but like the way it's <laughs> like, eh, he's just a dummy. Yeah, but he sells movie tickets. <laughs> that joke just cracked me up. And I like the three times that I watched this episode, it made me laugh every time and I waited for it. So, yeah. Um, so let's give it to Jack Burns as our MVJ. Yep. I'd say a close runner up is Marge, surprisingly. With the fart. <laughs> With the fart and just the Hollywood. Here we come. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood. Here we are. Shut up, mom. <laughs> Those uh yeah those are those are good ones I oh, I don't I think I have to agree with you I think uh I, I said at the beginning too I like the March fart um yes I know it's like crass and like we're now in the the humor where dick and fart jokes are all over our, our sitcoms uh this is also the year that uh family guys starts so that's a very like a family guy esque joke but um yeah I think it would start up like uh few months after this episode in 2000 mm-hmm. um yeah i gotta go with that joke um all the stuff in the you know homer being polite when he was trying to be mean to mel gibson and mm-hmm. uh, uh when mel says hi everybody and dr nick shifty dog guys yeah it's all good you know yeah and even like when um we first meet edward christian and he and like the audience is just so happy that he's from hollywood <laughs> yeah jack burns that's the mvj that everything he's in I, w- yeah. I wish that studio exact well he, we cannot because he passed away last year but it's a character that they should have brought back yeah and it is kind of like i like the way that they portray hollywood people in general like in the radioactive man movie mm-hmm. where they're all like sweet and caring yeah and like when like they lose all their money and they come back and like oh don't worry hollywood will take care of you <laughs> like i don't know i just like this this fantasy world where hollywood is not cutthroat and it's just they're just sweet uh, well your final thoughts on this episode obviously 
what we perceive Mel Gibson to be now kind of does put a dark mark on this episode. But if you remove that, this is a silly, fun episode with Homer being really kind of dumb, but fun, not super mean, not quite jerkassy. And the escapades that he goes through are just wacky and silly and fun. The movie clips are insane. The violence is just so ridiculous. It's funny. And, you know, it's, it's just a fun fun ride that's kind of dumb but it's enjoyable like it just it it was just a pleasure to watch so i'm gonna say that uh, mel gibson was sentenced to 10 years in prison and i don't know how many actually served but i'm gonna give this uh eight out of ten yeah i think that this episode what they're trying to you know convey to uh to us as audience is like look how ridiculous hollywood is these days and at that time mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of how i feel about that and it, it hasn't really changed and it's kind of interesting. This is also coming to the time where, you know, we're coming out of the golden age of The Simpsons. We're starting the modern age. And you didn't re- really rely on pop culture references on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I mean, to an extent where you could do like classic movie references because those will always be there. But things like the Robert Downey Jr. thing, you know, at that time that he was, you know, troubled. And then also, you know, the Hugh Grant joke, which is troubled. So if you're watching this as a modern audience, be like, Robert Downey Jr., he's awesome. He's Iron Man. What 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 happened? Like some kids watching this, like then looking at the past of these people, like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then seeing like Mel G- but they probably know like Mel Gibson is garbage person. Um it's it's interesting. Um, so we're kind of getting into that era, and that, I think that's the one thing that kind of puts it back for me. Yeah, it, that, that's a fair time, point. At yeah. the time, jokes, but I still chuckled. I mean, Marge farting like you would never see like seasons one through four, M- Marge farting and making a fart joke essentially. Yeah, and being you know so silly. Ugh. You know, it's still one of those episodes. I mean, because you're coming off of uh, season ten, and like you're you're still in that like golden age mode and it's 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 an episode I, i've watched many times um it does feel like a spectacle episode and it very much is because it was the season premiere and you're one of the biggest stars is guesting on it mm-hmm. um but i still enjoy it so uh that being said uh mel gibson has uh he's directed five films uh as of current uh, this is excluding his uh, TV movie documentary for Mel Gibson Goes Back to School and excludes uh, three episodes of Complete Savages. And uh, it is announced that he's directing The Wild Bunch, but uh, we're just going with his classic uh, films, Man Without a Face, Braveheart, Passion of the Christ, Apocalypto, and Hacksaw Ridge. So five. <laughs> explain it all. So out of five, I'll give this episode, uh, I'll give it a 3.5 out of five. 3.5, that's fair. To be fair. I feel like our listeners have probably seen this episode many times. So it's not like, uh, check it out. I think it's one that you either seen or haven't. I'll, I'll just say, though, that w- watching it as an adult, I think I appreciated it a lot more than I did back then. Yeah, the jokes just hit for me in the right way. And everyone knows Shifty Dog Guys. Yeah, that's right. Uh, also, Here Comes Two is another quote that I really like. How about uh, Here Comes What We're Watching Next Week? Alrighty, And to do that, we'll need our Wheel of Random. All right, let's uh, spin it to see what season we are in. We got season 27. Season 27. Let's give it another spin to see what episode we're watching. Episode 21. Season 27, episode 21. Why, that's an episode called Simprovised. All right. Well, Homer embarrasses himself while trying to read a speech at work. Uh, then he turns to uh, an improv comedy to regain his confidence for the public speaking. And then I guess B story is Marge decides to rebuild Bart's treehouse. Hmm. Uh, originally aired May 15th, 2016, written by John Frink. Interesting. Steve, do you remember? Uh, did you ever watch this episode since you were? This was probably the time you were uh, doing an improv. Yes, it was. And it was, uh, yeah, at the height of it. And um, I have seen this episode. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they do two live endings like for West Coast and East Coast where they literally like Dan Castellano was doing a live improv at the end as Homer? Yes. And, um, 
I recently watched this episode on Disney Plus, and I could only find one version, but it is interesting. So I assume it's probably the East Coast version. Yeah. So we'll have a lot to talk about. All right. You're excited for the. You got your homework cut out for you, I think. Indeed, I do. Well, not really your homework. Your your knowledge of improv, and um, I'll just say this, Steve. Uh, we're in a uh, Starbucks. Go. Uh, that'll be one million dollars, because it's Starbucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well. Hey, we don't have anything that's a million dollars on tpublic.com yet. <laughs> but you could go there, tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys, and uh, pick up a shirt or two, coffee mug, whatever. Contact us on the social medias of Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Are we on Parlor yet? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Well, that's at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite podcatching app and leave us five stars or the equivalent and a write review. But it doesn't have to be a real review. You can write your favorite Jack Ryan role. Nope. Your favorite <laughs> Mr. Burns, Jack Burns role. There you go. Yes. All right. For this week, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And we keep watching the skis. Know what I mean? Get yeah. it? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> Well, that was a stinker.